This episode of Juice Guru Radio is brought to you by TriBest, making healthy living easy, and the Juice Guru Academy at JuiceGuruAcademy.com, where you get backstage access to events like this at JuiceGuruAcademy.com. Welcome. Welcome to Juice Guru Radio. Discover what the magic and power of juicing can do for you. And now, your host, best-selling author of The Complete Idiot's Guide to Juice Fasting, Steve Prusak. Hello and welcome. Welcome to another edition of Juice Guru Radio. I'm your host, Steve. And on today's show, we've got Henry Owens, the author of How to Start a Worm Bin, your guide to getting started with worm composting, how to live more sustainably, how we can all save the planet and ourselves, connect more with nature, all that and more on this edition of Juice Guru Radio. So get yourself some water, some tea, some juice. We'll be back right after this with Henry Owen. Juice Guru Radio. Well, hello and welcome. Welcome to Juice Crew Radio. I'm your host, Steve Prusak. Like I said, we've got Henry Owen. He's the co-founder and director of Friendship Gardens, a nonprofit project that grows food for Meals on Wheels and now serves as executive director of the Nature Discovery Center in Texas. He's the author of the new book, How to Start a Worm Bin, Your Guide to Getting Started with Worm Composting. Well, let's welcome to the show right now, Henry Owen. Great. Thanks so much, Steve. Happy to be here. Well, Henry, it's great to have you, and I'm really excited about your project, all the work you're doing, and especially, I resonate with this message of getting more into nature and connecting in that way, and how it is great for on all levels, and I want you to talk about that. So, can you share with us your journey of how you started to reconnect with nature, where you were before that? Sure. So, um, I grew up camping and uh, attending summer camps and um, hiking outside, playing in the backyard, and uh, those experiences were very formative for me. Um, so my whole career, my whole adult life has been trying to make sure that those experiences um, are, are available, accessible, and protected for kids. So um, in Charlotte, the way that that came about, the way that manifested was I started a project called Friendship Gardens, and uh, we partnered with a Meals on Wheels program called Friendship Trays. They're in Charlotte, North Carolina. And they serve over 700 meals every single day. So part of my job at running the garden side was we were growing food at community gardens all over the city that would then get cooked and sent out in those meals, in those 700 meals. But then 700 meals, that's a lot of uh, banana peels, zucchini, ends, onion peels, all that food scraps, right? So we started doing research into, okay, well, we've got all of this, all these food scraps, we've got all this nitrogen sitting around. Um, we could be throwing it away. We could throw it away and send it to a landfill, but there's got to be a better way to, to solve this problem. So that led to research into composting and then research into the different types, styles of composting. Um, which eventually led to composting with worms, worm composting. Right. So that's one of the different ways because we don't do necessarily need worms to compost or is it just the most effective way? Um, Well, it's certainly my favorite way. I think it's the best way. Um, It produces um, the best, if not almost the best um, nutrient rich compost using worms. But traditionally people will have a compost pile or a compost heap and that is referred to as a hot compost pile. So in those, you don't need to have worms. Worms will get there, they'll find it. Night crawlers will just come up from the earth. Uh, but composting with worms, worm composting, is a little bit different. 
Um, it's similar ingredients, but you do make sure that you stock the bin with a specific type of worm, a composting worm called Icenia fetida, and their specific, um, th their biology and, and what they want to do is compost, and that's what they're best at. So we just let them do their thing. So, uh, so where do you come across these worms? I mean, is it that we can order these worms? Of course, you can order these worms. <laughs> um, you can order them online. Uh, you can actually order them online through my website, uh, wormcompostinghq.com. And um, there's other websites you can order them from as well. You need to make sure that um, the websites that you're ordering from guarantee live delivery. That's really important. Um, and that they're careful when they ship. If it's too hot or too cold, they're not going to ship. And that's a good thing because nobody wants a box of dead worms to show up at their house. Uh, but they're shipped with some bedding that they can actually eat. Uh, so most of the time, it's not a problem. They show up happy and healthy and ready for the worm bin to be put into them. Well, let's talk about some of the benefits because someone might be listening and saying, yeah, I don't know that I want worms around the house. How hard is, is this? What do I do with the compost and, and the soil that I get from there? What are some of the reasons we want to be composting? So the two main reasons are uh, to to take responsibility of our own food waste, our own scraps of foods. Um, sending those to a landfill, which is what most people do, which what I used to do, um, creates methane gas in a landfill and it's, that's a harmful process. So instead, we should be taking more responsibility for our trash, our household trash, and figuring out ways that we can turn that trash into a benefit. So then the other reason to do it is that benefit side. Um, so it gives you some, a way to responsibly dispose of your food scraps and turn them into this nutrient-rich worm castings or worm poop. It is their poop. It doesn't smell bad. It is their poop. But um, that will help you grow any type of plant that you want to grow, house plant, a garden outside, your lawn, uh, a tree. It helps any kind of plant grow. So those are the main benefits. Nice. So what are some of the fears that are holding people back from getting involved in this? Uh, biggest fear is worm escape. So mm -hmm. the, the number one fear is people think, um, we, we suggest that people start their worm bin with a thousand pounds, I mean, a thousand worms, which is about one pound of worms. Um, they're pretty small. They don't, they're not very big. They're not as big as night crawlers when they're adults. Um, but if you start with a thousand worms, um, you have your bin ready to go. It's got the worm bin bedding in there that has the right moisture content. And worm bin bedding is just um, shredded newspaper. It's any sort of carbon source. So shredded soaked newspaper works really, really well. Then you add your worms. Um, that's pretty much it. Like it's a really easy thing to do. Um, there are some, some tips and some um, frequently asked questions. And um, there's a whole lot of articles on the site about how to maintain it. But when you add those worms, the biggest fear in people's heads is, why are they gonna stay in this worm bin? What if they all get out? What if they run all over my house? I, come, I wake up in the morning, I come into a room and it's covered in a thousand worms. Um, and the reality is that's never happened to me. I've been worm composting for 10 years now. And um, it, it, would be, it would have to be a catastrophic situation for, that to, for the worms to bail at that level. Um, you're making the environment for them in the worm bin. And if they leave that bin, they're going to die. So it has to get so bad in that worm bin that it's better for them to take their chances and crawl out and leave. Um, 
I keep a worm bin under my desk at the nature center where I work and have had zero problems since I've been doing that. So what kinds of things can we put in there? A lot of our audience eat plant-based foods. What are some of the things that we can compost? So um, plant-based is, is fantastic. Um, worms are mostly vegetarian. So it's easy. The easiest way to think about it is they're vegetarian. So um, you can hmm. throw in anything that is a vegetable scrap um, or a carbon source. So if you think about like um, their bedding is shredded soaked newspaper, that's sort of like their furniture in their worm bin, but they eat that as well. That's a carbon source. Um, but if you spilled some water and um, you clean it up using a paper towel, that's just wet paper. Well, that's exactly the kind of bedding that they need. So that should go into your worm bin too. Um, a lot of people use paper coffee filters. Well, that paper is just carbon. It's just bedding. So you can take that carbon um, coffee filter and all the coffee grounds and throw all of that into your worm bin. So what you kind notice... of, let me ask you, what kind of, um, when people are juicing, what's the byproduct? What's left over? Right. I mean, there's pulp left over. And for a while we were using, we had like an electric composter. And, um, and I kept that in the house and you would put in pellets and baking soda. And eventually, right before we moved here to Redondo Beach, it malfunctioned. And I'm looking for a new way to compost. And I haven't gone this route. So personally, I'm interested in, in this. And, um, and, and so this is helpful for me, too. Um, well, pulp now, would, be, would be the ideal food for worms. I mean, the way that they right. eat, worms don't have teeth. They have gizzards, like birds have a gizzard. So they have little tiny, tiny bits of grit that in their neck that they, they sort of wait for food to just start to rot, and then they suck off the wetness of that food, and then they grind it in their gizzard, and then they process it through the rest of their body. Um, but the, more, the smaller the chunks of the food the quicker they can access it because it has more surface area, it starts to rot. So pulp from juicing would be like, that would be a, a, worm, a composting worm's dream if they were fed that all the time. And actually, um, commercial worm farms, places that are really huge, that are, that are shipping out worms or that are selling bagged worm compost, um, often what they're feeding their worms is pulp. And they'll figure out deals with uh, juicing companies or uh, raw juice bars or whatever and get that pulp so that they can have that consistent food source. So pulp would be, would be an amazing thing to, to feed worms. They would love you. Right. And, you know, people are always asking, what should I do with the pulp? And while you can use it in a stir fry or mix it and make a soup out of it, um, and you can even amp up your dog food if you have a, a dog at home, um, this is just the best one. This is the best way um, outside of those ways to recycle the pulp. We don't want to just throw it into a landfill like Henry's saying. Right, Henry? Right. No, that would be, um, you'd be having a, a negative effect on the landfill and the area around it. Um, but if you instead fed that to your worms and then you use their worm compost to grow more of the fruit and vegetables that you need to run through your juicer, then uh, you've got this closed loop cycle of all these things feeding each other, including you. So now you're saying it can be done indoors. Uh, any, you know, you're saying it's even at your desk at work. Is there any right. smell? How much room does it take up and how do we get started with it? 
So um, <clears throat> there can be smell. That's going back to those fears. That's another one of those fears. Um, <laughs> and the, the truth is that um, you will probably, if you start, anybody who starts worm composting, um, their bin will have an odor at some point. But that is not the norm, and that's not how it should be. So you need to take corrective action when you smell that. Um, it's very easy to do. Almost every problem in a worm bin is caused by overfeeding. It's by putting too much food in too fast that your worm herd can't process quick enough. So almost every time the answer, the advice is if you're having any sort of issue, back off on the feeding, let the worms catch up and then feed slower again. Um, the way to get started is um, you need some sort of container that can be used as a worm bin. There are fancy worm bins out there. Uh, I sell some through the website, wormcompostinghq.com. Um, they range in prices that are available on the market from about a hundred bucks to about $300. You do not need one of those. Now, and I would actually suggest people don't start with one of those. Um, the easiest thing to start with, uh, and there's an article on the website about how to make the simplest worm bin, is a Rubbermaid storage tote, which everybody probably has one that they can clean out and repurpose, um, but just some sort of large plastic bin with a lid. Um, you drill about six holes in each side because worms need air. You fill it with shredded soaked newspaper. You order some worms online. When they come, you add them to your bin and you start feeding them small amounts. You bury the food scraps in the bedding. If you don't do that, then if you just leave them on top, you will get fruit flies from that. So you bury them down deep in the bedding and that's it. You just check on them, make sure they're eating it, either add more or add less depending on when they finish their first meal. And you say the bedding can be anything from newspaper scraps and things like that? Yeah, I think newspaper scraps are the best because um, it's, you know, they're readily accessible. Uh, a lot of people get the newspaper. Um, it's easy to make. Um, you can use corrugated cardboard works really well. Um, the, the corrugated shape to it, they can, you know, wiggle through that. Um, but it really wears out. It's a hand workout tearing it up because they need to be, they need to be torn up. Um, I bring home our, uh, anything that we shred, we pay a bill, we shred the, the bill. Um, I get really excited about feeding my worms a, a bill from a credit card company that's been paid. <laughs> so uh, any sort of paper. Now you don't, you want to avoid like glossy or plasticky type paper, but um, newspapers now um, newsprint is a really good paper and they use soy based inks too. So um, they're not harmful for worms. Are there some precautions? Are there some like magazines that are using toxic ink or anything we have to be aware of? Um, sure. So uh, the, the I'm sh I don't use magazine paper just because it's glossy and the worms can't handle it all that well. Um, Toxin-wise, there are some for worms. Their whole job in in the world is to um, they're decomposers, and one of the things that they do best is remove toxins from from anything using their bodies. So the bipro, what comes out of a worm is going to be a lot less toxic than anything that goes into it. Um, so they're in general, they are helping to detox anything that we use in the bin and anything in the world that is under our feet. Um, now, a lot of people ask like, well, can I put leaves in the worm bin? Sure. Mm -hmm. 
Um, if you add leaves from your yard in your worm bin, um, there are a few that you want to try to avoid. Um, magnolia leaves, because they're really large and waxy, um, they, they won't harm your worms, but it takes them a really, really long time to process that and break down because they do eat the bedding too. They'll eat the bedding slowly. Um, black walnut leaves are, are toxic, certainly poison ivy you wouldn't want to uh, throw in there. Um, I think the worms would actually be fine with the poison ivy, but uh, the worm wrangler would not do well with, uh, with adding poison ivy to a bin, so stay away from that. Um, but again, the worms do a really good job of, of removing toxins from any sort of system. Interesting. So you're listening to Henry Owen here on Juice Crew Radio, the author of How to Start a Worm Bin, Your Guide to Getting Started with Worm Composting. His website, wormcompostinghq.com. We'll have a link to that up at Juice Crew Radio or under the Juice Crew Academy notes. You'll be able to uh, check out everything he's got there, including it's just a a wealth of information. And we do recommend picking up the book too. Um, So this is really fascinating, Henry. Uh, And so, I have so many questions, but I know we only have a few minutes left. So, you know, you talk about eat poop and make babies. Well, what exactly are the three jobs that worms have? That's it, man. <laughs> eat poop and make babies. They got the As I answer it for you. <laughs> yeah. um, no, that's what they're designed to do. Our job as the, as the worm composter, as the worm wrangler, is to, is to let them do what they do best, is to, to give them an environment um, that allows them to live into their full wormness and to eat poop and make babies. Um, that's what they want to do. And we just help them along the way. So essentially you, you know, once you have your batch of worms, your first herd, mm-hmm. do they just procreate? Like how often do you have to replenish or how does, how long would that community thrive? You shouldn't ever have to replenish worms. Um, mm. They, so if you add, if you had that storage tub, I don't remember how, what size it is, but um, it, you know, it's the, the general size that most people will have or that you see for sale in all kinds of stores. Um, your, if you start with a thousand worms, depending on how all your conditions and how much you feed and all that kind of stuff, um, that population will increase um, to around four or 5,000 worms in that one bin. And they'll be all different ages. So you can dig through it and you can find worm cocoons, you can find, which will have little tiny brown eggs that um, there's pictures on my website of this stuff. It's pretty cool. Um, that'll have two or three little tiny baby worms in it at a time. Um, and then they'll hatch and they'll come out and they'll be really, really small. And then you can sort of watch them grow. But you should have all, dif- just like any population, you should have all different ages, all different sizes in your worm herd. Um, you won't ever see, you shouldn't ever see dead worms. Um, those are, are, once they die, they're processed by the other worms. They're, so you, they're not laying around anywhere. Um, but worms do a really good job of managing their population based on the size and their food source. So much better than humans do, actually, based on the limits to their habitat and to the limits of the food source in their habitat. So, um, they will, your worm herd will grow to the amount that you are, you are feeding them consistently and the amount of space that they have. So, I mean, you mentioned overfeeding can be a problem. How do we uh, develop that science of how much, especially if we're juicing every day and we have a lot of pulp, uh, how do we determine how much we should be giving our worms? So the first thing, uh, 
the first way to answer that question is uh, to answer the question, how many worms do I need? And if you go, worms can eat half their weight every day. So if you start with a pound of worms, that's like a thousand worms, then uh, they can eat about a half a pound every day. Um, now, if you had four pounds of worms, then they're going to eat about two pounds every day. So they do an amazing job of, of consuming these food scraps. There's an article on the website. Um, I think the title is something like, how many worms do I need? Um, but essentially, it goes through how to do a family food waste audit to, before you even start with your worms, to weigh how much food waste you have every day, and then do the math to figure out how big of a worm bin you need and how many worms you're going to need in there. And now you can either buy however many worms you need, that many pounds, or you can start with one knowing that you're going to slowly grow them to whatever size you need. Whenever you start, you do need to add, um, when you start feeding them, again, you need to bury the food scraps. You don't want to throw them on top. So you just sort of you either use a little hand trowel um, or, um, just your hand and pull the bedding back and drop the, the pulp in or banana peels or whatever you're feeding them and then put the bedding back. Um, when you first, once you've been doing this for a long time, it's easy. It's super easy to do and you don't really need to follow this. But when you first start, um, I recommend you bury in one corner of the bin and then somehow remember what corner you fed them in. You can use popsicle sticks and just stake it in there and write the date on it and then check that spot. And when it's gone, then feed them again. Move to the next corner and add more food right there. Start with small amounts. Um, if it's a small worm herd, they're gonna need, just like a small human, just like a baby, they need more food more frequently, right? Or they need small amounts of food, but more frequently. As your worm herd gets bigger, you can feed them larger amounts, but go longer distances in between. Um, which reminds me to say, some people worry about like, oh, I'm going out of town for the weekend. Do I need to get a, a babysitter for my worms? Uh, you do not. They will eat. You should not. You can feed them right before you go, but feed them the, the normal amount that you would feed them. You don't need to, to overfeed them thinking that you're going to be gone for a week. It's totally fine. Um, they will eat whatever food scraps are in there and their bedding. So they'll eat that paper, the coffee uh, filters, the tea bags, they'll eat all that stuff too. So they're not going to starve and then bail and be all over your house when you get back. Now, if you are planning to be gone for longer than two weeks, first of all, congratulations. That sounds amazing. Vacation. <laughs> um, it would be a good idea to find somebody else that can take care of them during that time. But I'm guessing most people aren't going on two-week vacations. And if they are, then they got to set up some other systems to help take care of other factors in their life as well. Right. It's not like, it's not like uh, our dog and cats because we're, we're planning on going away soon and we're having to do all kinds of things just to go away for a few days, you know? It's, no, no the, the, the worms will be fine. <laughs> They'll be the easiest pets you have by far. <laughs> so um, I was going to ask – oh, gosh, my mom went blank um, – it was about the start to finish um, for harvesting the yeah. compost, harvesting the compost. How do, how do we know when it's time and how do we do it without, you know, killing the worms and things like that? So um, harvesting can be a little bit tricky and um, all those fancier worm bins that I told you about that I don't recommend people start with, they make harvesting easier. That's why those exist. Um, but I recommend starting with the tub, 
drilling some holes in it. It's a cheap startup. Make sure that worm composting is right for you and your family before you invest in a system that costs $100 or $150. Um, the reason, so, so let's say you've got one, just the, the storage tote style worm bin. Um, the worms eat upwards. And so the bottom, they're gonna be down to the bottom at the beginning. So you feed them down low and they will process the bedding and the food scraps. Process means eat and poop out. They'll process that and then move upwards. So the bottom of your bin is gonna have um, dark, rich um, worm poop, worm compost before the top does. So it depends on how much you want. There's a lot of different ways to harvest. The easiest way to harvest is you just pull the top layer of bedding back, you reach down deep into the bin, you pull out a handful of, it looks like dirt, it's really dark, it smells like earth, um, it's gonna have some worms in it. At that point, you can decide how much do I want to uh, fuss with this and how much do, do I wanna pick out each worm, which you can, um, add them back into your bin, or you take that handful and you can go add that to a house plant or to your garden. Um, most likely the worms that are in that handful, if you just add them to your garden or your house plant, they would eventually, they would live for a couple of days, maybe a week, and they would eventually die because the habitat isn't, isn't right for them. So some people choose to, to separate, to pull them out. You can do that by hand manually. It takes forever. But the first couple of times you do it, it's really interesting because you're, you're learning this new thing and you're playing with worms. Um, my, I have a three-year-old and a six-year-old and they're the best worm poop harvesters because they love picking out worms and throwing them back in the bin. Now, if you didn't want to, if you don't have little kids that you can uh, enlist in, in that help um, and you didn't want to do it yourself, but you still didn't want to add the worms to your garden, um, you can use light as a harvesting method. So all worms, all earthworms, um, don't like the light. They move away from it. They burrow down deep. Um, and so what you can do is you can get a piece of window screen or really uh, fine hardware cloth, which is just sort of like a mesh um, piece of metal cloth with holes in it. And then, or I've even seen, I, I saw somebody use um, like an old onion skin or an onion bag, you know, that has some, some little holes in it and they put the compost in that and then they take it out on a sunny day and they take their bin out, put it on in the sun, lay your window screen down and then lay your compost on top of the window screen. The sun shines on the worm, on the compost, which shines on the worms and those worms try to get away from the light and they go down through the screen back into your worm bin. So an hour oh, that's later, a good way. And all your worms are back in your bin and you can just pick up the screen and go and use it. Now, um, there's a handful of other ways to do it. You can use a, a side to side migration type where you have this big bin. Um, once it's mostly worm poop, then you pull everything to one side. So you understand this visual a little bit. You pull everything to one side, you have a vacant side, and then you put fresh bedding on that side. And then you only feed in the fresh bedding side. And eventually the worms will mostly migrate over to the other, to the, to the new side, leaving you with all the compost you can pull out of the old side. That's another but that, way. But that would take a while for them to get over there. Yeah. And they wouldn't ever, it wouldn't ever be a hundred percent. You're always going to lose somewhere in all of these methods. You're going to lose some worms. Uh, but they, um, 
they reproduce very quickly. So your population will come right back. Now those fancier worm bins are all called flow through systems. So um, the idea is that you feed and you put new bedding in on the top of the system. Worms are moving upwards and they're eating it. And then you pull the worm compost from the bottom of the system. Some of them use trays. So there'll be this stack, like the worm factory is one of those. Um, can of worms is another one uh, that use three to five trays and each tray has holes in it. So the worms can move throughout the system up and down those holes. Um, but if they're leaving, if they're going upward to get to new food, eventually that bottom tray is going to be all processed castings and you can just unstack them, take the bottom tray out, put it back, dump it in your garden and then put it on the very top as a fresh bedding tray, add some more bedding to that. So it makes it a whole lot easier, but you do need to invest in one of those systems in order to get that benefit to make harvesting easier. Great. For those who want to dig deeper, get How to Start a Worm Bin, your guide to getting started with worm composting at, from Henry Owen. It's up on his website uh, and on Amazon and bookstores worldwide at wor wormcompostinghq.com. We'll have the link on the website. Uh, Henry, anything in closing, any of your plans for the future, your goals into uh, anything else, any other projects you have coming? Um, yeah, I'm very slowly working on a book um, about how to make compost tea with worm compost. So I've got it under the um, article header of how to use the compost. Um, the most read article is how to make compost tea. And compost tea is um, not a tea that we drink, but a tea for our plants that they love. And it's a way to use um, compost and water and create um, a liquid that you then go and use on your plants. So um, because worm compost is the best compost that's out there, it also makes the best compost tea. And uh, there are a, there's a big community of gardeners that are really into having the biggest heirloom tomato they can get, and compost tea is the way to do that. So um, I'm going to dig a little bit deeper and do more research into the usage of it and uh, do some before and after studies in my own garden, and hopefully we'll get that one published. And any other final words of advice on getting started with worm composting? Anything we left out or anything you want to share with our listeners? Um, yeah, the biggest thing is that it's, it's easy. Worms, they are doing what they want to be doing in the world. And all we're doing is giving them an environment in which to do that. So go ahead. If you're interested at all, try it out. Try it with a low investment system and then build from there. Um, just relax have fun with it. Give it a shot. Awesome. Again, it's Henry Owens right here on Juice Crew Radio. Henry, thank you for joining us. Thank you for spreading the message. And what a great thing for us all to do, especially if we're into juicing. This is a great uh, way that we can deal with our pulp. Absolutely. Thank you for having me. Thank you for being here. I'm Steve Prusak, and we'll see you on the next episode. Thank you, everyone. And thanks for tuning in. Thank you for listening to Juice Guru Radio. Find out more about us at juiceguru.com. Until next time, get your juice on.